Good morning, and welcome to Overeaters Anonymous, a Vision for You Big Book Study. My name is Katie F., and I'm a recovered compulsive overeater. Today is Thursday, August 3rd, 2023, and today we're reading from the big book, and we're in the chapter Working with Others. We're on page 98, the first paragraph. It is not the matter of giving that is in question. Through the end of that paragraph, ending with upon other people ahead of dependence on God. And today's readers are, and thank you for your service, for the 12 steps, Laurel B., for the 12 traditions, Karen W., and reading the text are Lulu L. and Nancy P., and Martha Z. is our backup. The newcomer greeter is Vanita L., and the host of the second hour is Leah S. The reference numbers, oh dear, I didn't write this down, um, for yesterday's meetings are for the 10 a.m., 7 a.m. meeting, just one second. Um, let's see, for the 10 a.m., I mean, 7 a.m., it's 20,495, that's 20495. And for the 10 a.m., it's 20496, that's 20,496. Okay, Overeaters Anonymous is a fellowship of individuals who, through shared experience, strength, and hope, are recovering from compulsive overeating. We welcome everyone who wants to stop eating compulsively. There are no dues or fees for members. We are self-supporting through our own contributions, neither soliciting nor accepting outside donations. OA is not affiliated with any public or private organization, political movement, ideology, or religious doctrine. We take no position on outside issues. Our primary purpose is to abstain from compulsive eating and compulsive food behaviors and to carry the message of recovery through the 12 steps of OA to those who still suffer. Our sole purpose, OA's fifth tradition states, each group has but one primary purpose, to carry its message to the compulsive overeater who still suffers. At a vision for you big book study, our message is that people who suffer from compulsive overeating can recover through abstinence and the practice of the 12 steps and 12 traditions of Overeaters Anonymous. I will now ask Laurel B. to read the 12 steps. Hi, this is Laurel B., a compulsive overeater, recovered from um, Illinois. Here are the 12 steps of Overeaters Anonymous. One, we admitted we were powerless over food, that our lives had become unmanageable. Two, came to believe that a power greater than ourselves could restore us to sanity. Three, made a decision to turn our will and our lives over to the care of God as we understood him. Four, made a searching and fearless moral inventory of ourselves. Five, admitted to God, to ourselves, and to another human being the exact nature of our wrongs. Six, were entirely ready to have God remove all these defects of character. Seven, humbly asked him to remove our shortcomings. Eight made a list of all persons we had harmed and became willing to make amends to them all. Nine made direct amends to such people wherever possible, except when to do so would injure them or others. Ten continued to take personal inventory and when we were wrong, promptly admitted it. Eleven sought through prayer and meditation to improve our conscious contact with God as we understood him, praying only for knowledge of his will for us and the power to carry that out. And 12, having had a spiritual awakening as a result of these steps, we tried to carry this message to compulsive overeaters and to practice these principles in all our affairs. Thank you for letting me do service. 
Thank you, Laurel. Okay, I will now ask Karen W. to read the 12 traditions. Good morning. This is Karen W., compulsive overeater from Texas. 12 traditions of OA. One, our common welfare should come first. Personal recovery depends upon OA unity. Two, for our group purpose, there is but one ultimate authority, a loving God as he may express himself in our group conscience. Our leaders are but trusted servants. They do not govern. Three, the only requirement for OA membership is a desire to stop eating compulsively. Four, each group should be autonomous except in matters affecting other groups or OA as a whole. Five, each group has but one primary purpose, to carry its message to the compulsive overeater who still suffers. Six, an OA group never endorse, finance, or lend the OA name to any related facility or outside enterprise, lest problems of money, property, and prestige divert us from our primary purpose. Seven, every OA group ought to be fully self-supporting, declining outside contributions. Eight, Overeaters Anonymous should be named forever non-professional, but our service centers may employ special workers. Nine, OA as such ought never be organized, but we may create service boards or committees directly responsible to those they serve. Ten, Overeaters Anonymous has no opinion on outside issues, hence the OA name ought never be drawn into public controversy. Eleven, our public relations policy is based on attraction rather than promotion. We need always maintain personal anonymity at the level of press, radio, films, television, and other public media of communication. Twelve, anonymity is the spiritual foundation of all these traditions, ever reminding us to place principles before personalities. Thank you for letting me be of service. Thank you, Karen. How our meeting works. Our meeting focuses on the directions for recovery, described in the big book of Alcoholics Anonymous. We read a paragraph or two from the literature, then stop and share on what was read. Anyone can share, but we ask that you keep your sharing to the topic and literature we are discussing, and that you keep your share to approximately three minutes. Singleness of purpose reminds us to identify as compulsive overeaters only. Our abstinence requirement for moderators is one year, and for readers is six months. There is no absence requirement for sharing on topic. This meeting does request that your sharing be directly linked to what was read. We are sharing what the directions in the big book mean to us. To share, press star one to unmute. Once you are done sharing, let us know by saying pass, then press star one to mute your phone. In order to have a quiet meeting, everyone's phone except the speakers should be muted. Today, we resume our study of the big book on page 98, the first paragraph. And it's not the matter of giving that is the question through the end of the paragraph upon other people ahead of dependence on God. And I will ask Lulu L. to begin reading. Good morning, family. And thank you, Katie, so much for your service this morning. My name is Lulu L. I am happily and joyously recovered for today in Florida. It is not the matter of giving that is in question, but when and how to give. That often makes the difference between failure and success. The minute we put our work on a service plane, the alcoholic commences to rely upon our assistance rather than upon God. 
He clamors for this or that, claiming he cannot master alcohol until his material needs are cared for. Nonsense. Some of us have taken very hard knocks to learn this truth. Job or no job, wife or no wife, we simply do not stop drinking so long as we place dependence upon other people ahead of dependence on God. Wow, that, of course, all paragraphs in this book are powerful, but this particular paragraph has several sentences that just jump off the page to me. I know that when I first came into program, I figured everybody should bow to my wishes. If I'm going to go eat at your house, I would say at the time, you need to understand I don't eat this, I don't eat that, I don't eat this, I don't eat that, and I really don't even need to look at it, smell it, see it, think about it. So I was in such a self-seeking, selfish frame of mind. And that you know, did not help me at all. I wanted my sponsor way back when to, to, you know, (laughs) to give me parameters. And then I would argue and say, but I can't do this. I can't do that. And I have had sponsees saying, yeah, but I have a big get together this, this week, this month, this year. Christmas is coming when it's June, right? What do I do on New Year's Eve? And they needed, and according to them, they wanted to wait. They wanted to wait. I wanted to wait until the road was clear and there was no obstacles in my way. Not realizing, of course, clearly, that obstacles are always in the way. We just walk around those obstacles and we let God hold our hand when we're walking around those obstacles. So I love how in this paragraph they have that very short word that is a complete sentence that says nonsense. We don't have to wait to master our problem with food until all our other needs are taken care of. Nonsense. That's foolish thinking. And yes, although I always had a job, I did not always have a place to live. I, again, oh, I can't tackle these 12 steps. I can't do this until after I've you know, achieved my living situation. Well, that wasn't true either. I did find that I could do that. I could become food sober regardless of what the situation was in my life. You know, I I have, just like you have, you guys have, multiple circumstances that come up, but we simply cannot stop eating our alcoholic food as long as we place dependence upon people, places, and things ahead of dependence on God. There's always going to be people, places, and things that pop up that may need our attention or may not, but as long as we have a strong connection with God, an ever-present awareness that the presence of God is in us and around us and guiding us if we will only put our hand into the hand of God. And I have to just Shout out to my sponsor who constantly guided me back to God. If I had a question about anything, she said, well, then I would just pray about that. Time, please. Okay. (laughs) Thank you. Thank you very much for the opportunity to share this morning and to be hopefully a voice of recovery. I pass.
Thank you. Thank you so much, Lulu, for getting us started. And although we value your experience, we ask that you limit your shares to every third day in order that others might share their experience. So who would like to share on the first paragraph on page 98? Christina P. Rachel J. Sherry A. Nancy P. Larry J. Christina J. A. Janice P. Um, Christina, Janice. Okay, um, this is who I heard: Tina S, Nancy P, Sherry A, Larry K, uh, Christina J, Janice P M. Did I miss anybody? Rachel P, Reva P, Rachel, Rachel P, and Reva P. Let's stop there. Okay, go ahead, please, Tina S., followed by Nancy P. Thanks so much, Katie, for your service, Tina S., Recovered Compulsive Eater, Anorexic in Florida. Wow, great lead. Yeah, I too, great paragraph. You know, this paragraph always reminds me of the other paragraph earlier on in the book where it says, once the spiritual malady is overcome, we straighten out mentally and physically. And, you know, it's this dependence upon God. And I, and I always say, because the truth of the matter is, I didn't come here to get spiritual or depend, to depend upon God. But, you know, in the paragraph it says, some of us have taken very hard knocks to learn this truth. Job or no job, wife or no job, we simply do not stop drinking, eating, so long as we place dependence upon other people ahead of dependence upon God. And that's my story. (laughs) I came here thinking that you could fix me, you know, and I wasn't looking for God to do anything. I thought if I sat next to you, I was going to get this thing. If I, you know, hung out with you that I was going to get this thing. And that's just not my experience, you know. Uh, And I'm so grateful that that's not my experience because I had to go through all that because all my life I thought that other people were supposed to fix me. You know, and today I know that, you know, my dependence upon a power greater than myself is what gets me through the day. You know, the lead chair talked, said, introduce yourself as being happy, joyous, and free. And that's my life today, you know. And when I got here, those are words that I heard, and that's what I wanted. You know, and what I had to do were some simple things, you know, to have a transformation that comes about to work in the 12 steps. That's the only way it came about for me you know, is through working the 12 steps. And, you know, people were so gracious and compassionate and stuff like that. But, you know, they didn't give me what I wanted, you know. (laughs) They also took me, you know, took my hand and said, hey, you have a power greater than yourself. Let's work this thing out. Get get a communication, you know, and and start that stuff. And and I did, you know. And one day today, no matter what, I don't have to pick up the food. I don't have to pick up the drink, the drugs, the sex, whatever that I that I used to when I put you know put in front of God, you know. But today, you know, I have a trust and a power greater than myself that is beyond my wildest dreams, you know. And I never thought that would happen, you know. So um, I'm so grateful to be here. I'm really looking forward to all the rest of the shares on this particular paragraph. And with that, I pass. Thanks so much. Thank you, Tina. Okay, Nancy P., you're up, followed by Sherry A. Hi, good morning, um, Katie. Good morning, everybody. Nancy P., recovered in West Newton, Massachusetts. So <clears throat> I can only lead through my own, from, from my own experience. I don't focus on detail, and this is just based on my own experience, because I always had some excuse. I had, like, a river of excuses, an ocean of excuses, and... Um, 
you know, anything from I dinged my manicure to, to, you know, my daughter's in crisis and I'm rushing to the emergency room at, you know, 10 o'clock at night and getting called at work three times a week and all these things. My life is like a popular nightclub and one thing would calm down and the bouncer would say, okay, you next five go on in, there's plenty of room. And I was always flailing around in that. Um, But I, when I stopped that, when, when everything stopped, I stopped crying, I stopped thinking, I stopped arguing, I stopped talking, um, and I stopped eating. Suddenly, none of that stuff mattered, none of it, and it never has bothered me again like the circumstances of my life have never come up and bitten me ever again, even though there's plenty, you know, nobody's life is perfect, least, you know, not least of all, but it, certainly not mine, and, you know, I don't eat under any circumstances anymore. Um, and I have, I assume that all my sponsees can succeed too, because why would I be able to and nobody else, if they not? You know, I ask them that. How could it be that I could literally be eating donuts in my car, sobbing one day and the next day and for the next five and a half plus years not had done that ever at all or even thought about it? How could that have happened? And what I needed was to stop looking outward and STFU and listen. And I had to choose my own conception, which I did, one that works for me in my life and my way of thinking. And I've never looked back. You know, there's only ever one question. When are we going to get to England? Or for those in England, when are we going to get to Boston? And the the answer is always shut up and keep swimming. And that's exactly what I've done. I, I can say that my life, when I put the food down and started working these steps, my life got much worse. But I got much better. And today, you know, I love in Bill's story where it says it works even in rough going. I, I actually think that it works especially in rough going. How else could I have not eaten so much as an extra grain of rice when everything else in my life imploded into a mass of rubble? And yet I didn't eat compulsively at all or even think about it. How, that, how could that have happened for me? and nobody and not happen for everybody. And the answer is it can happen for everybody. It's free, it's abundant, and it's available for everyone. And today my life is filled with joy and light, no matter what. And it all starts with one thing. Say it with me. Surrender, surrender, surrender. And that'll pass. Thank you, Nancy. Okay, Sherry A, followed by Larry K. Okay. Sherry A. Good morning. Can you hear me? Yes. Um, thank you so much to the shares already. Uh, I, I don't really need to say anything, right? It's already been said. Uh, but my heart kind of jumped out at this. And, uh, yeah, job, no job. When I place my emotional dependence on other people, I am in trouble. And I stayed in trouble when I was in the food, blaming everybody else for how I was feeling and what was happening and uh, if there are any newcomers today, um, I just want to, like, uh, repeat what was just said. I don't know how it happened, but when I put down the food and I uh, picked up this work, um, yeah, shit, is, sorry, um, things are still bad um, according to my ideas. Because according to my ideas of life, everything should go my way always. Like, that's my idea. Um, and uh, as I am continuing uh, in this design for a living, which I agree, it, it 
from my experience, it appears to work particularly well when things are not working according to how I think they should. Um, and and I, just even recently, um, just surrendering to the fact that, like, this power that I connected with working the steps, um, not only is she able um, to provide the protection that I need uh, from killing myself with food, she is also, like, changing my perception so that, like, I'm actually starting to believe that it is what is happening inside me that's the real deal. It's not all the external stuff. I don't know how that happened, but I just want to say that it is happening, that somehow as I am working this program and connecting with this power, I am actually beginning to believe that it is not the external stuff, that it's the inside job that I'm being called to do the work on. I don't know how that's happening. I am so grateful to be sober with the food. I'm so grateful to be here, and I'm so grateful for everybody who makes this meeting happen. Uh, And with that, I'll pass. Thank you so much. Okay, um, that was Sherry A, and now we'll have Larry K, followed by Christina J. Good morning. Uh, this is Larry K, recovered compulsive reader from Chicago. Um, so I'm, I'm going to focus in on um, where it, it talks about that. Um, of course, you know we are placing our dependence, or if we place our dependence on other people ahead of our dependence on God, this is this is not going to work. Um, but there's, there's, I, I have to be comfortable with paradox, you know, because throughout the big book, it does talk, you know, the, the God of my understanding, I, I do need people. <laughs> Nobody got here. Nobody does this alone. And, um, and so to me, the paradox, there's a paradox that, that I was introduced to that somewhere along the way that works for me. And the par- or a, 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 the paradox, a metaphor rather, it's helpful to me. And it's kind of like imagine a tree that represents a, a person seeking recovery, right? And, you know, from compulsive overeating. And the roots of the tree are going to symbolize dependence on God. So, so no roots, we don't have a tree, right? Um, and the roots represent my spiritual connection. And they provide me with nourishment and they provide me with things like stability. And, you know, just as my faith and reliance, you know, on a higher power sustains me and, and, you know, provides that solid foundation, right? But, but a tree cannot thrive or grow without branches and leaves. And those branches and leaves, those are the people. And I need, I need support and I need connection with other people. Now, of course, I, the, the roots are critical. That's the whole essence here. My relationship with God are the roots. But I need the leaves and the branches, right? And I need sunlight, you know, and I need all these things that help me through this recovery journey. I need, you know, they provide shade and, you know, the leaves and the branches, they're shelter and, you know, and, and they allow the tree to flourish. So I have to find balance in this paradox because I know, you know, I know I need God. I, I need the roots. Absolutely. That's, that's the essence. It's an understatement, right? But the roots and the branches of the tree, I have to recognize the importance of spiritual connection and personal growth, but I also value, you know, and embrace the support and understanding of others. And I think there's just, uh, you know, again, this chapter is working with others. That's, this is for, 
you know, how do we work with others? And I have to ask myself this a good question for me is, am I contributing? Am I contributing to dependence on me? Am I being, for example, so authoritative, you know, that, uh, of course, I'm attracting people that want that, and then, they, of course, they become dependent upon me. We could think of a million different ways people can, can become dependent upon me. Nobody's perfect. We, we do the best we can. But I look at these things, and, um, and, and I'm so grateful that the big book has this to teach us. So with that, I pass. Thanks, Kate. Okay. Thank you, Larry Kay. Um, Christina J., you're up, followed by Janice P.M. Morning, everyone. Christina J., North Carolina, uh, recovering, and in action is the grace. In action comes the grace. And you may not feel it that day that you're taking action. You may not feel it for a week. You may not feel it for a month. You may not feel it for six months. But in action is the grace, and it rains down in little ways. One of the first ways it rains down is you get a day. You took action, you made calls, you begin to work with your sponsor, you put down the food. In action is the grace. Tomorrow I'll have 30 days because I've been taking action, actions I never took before, like daily 10 steps. I would do them occasionally. But if you're a newcomer and you're out there and you haven't got to the 10 steps, phone calls. What do I say on a phone call? Well, what's going on today? Or where are you in regards to step one? Can you tell me about step one? I mean, there's various things to talk about. I mean, there's hundreds and thousands of things to talk about in the program. <sighs> this relapse since last October just kept wrangling me to the ground. In the music world, there's a song that has the words 30 days in the hole. Well, it was a lot longer than 30 days. And now I got 30 days out of the goddamn hole. <laughs> I don't want it. One of the ways I went out in the last couple of months was a box of donuts came into the office. I shared about that. Well, a box of donuts came into the office the other day, and they had some left, and they put them in the kitchen, and I didn't want them. It's a goddamn miracle. Excuse my language this morning, but I'm feeling pretty intense about this, and I wish I could impress upon some of the newcomers that are wobbling that have excuses for why they can't do this, that, or the other, and this may sound harsh, but this is a serious disease, very serious, and it'll take your life, it'll take your health, it'll take your heart, it'll block you from something you're trying to find in every way, shape, and form. Why can't we find God when we're in the food? (laughs) Because food is our God. We're turning to food to relieve us from all the discomfort in life, and life is not always... In fact, it's probably never going to be completely. You know, my mother's turn, taken a turn for the worse. I'm losing her slowly, and I've got to make a way to go back and see her. She's my mama. I was the firstborn. She was my only source of sanity in the world for the first five years of my life. Everyone else around me was insane. So I want to go honor her. And I don't have to be in the food today. I'm so grateful I'm not in the food when I'm facing this challenge. And it's not going to bring me back to the food as long as I do my dailies. My daily 11th, my daily 10th, my phone calls, working with my sponsor. You know, I'm grasping onto all that like lifelines. And I've come to know that, you know, this is the only way out and this is the only way to stay out. Take it serious, folks. Take it deathly serious. Your life is waiting for you. I love you all. You've held space for me and all my sponsors have held space for me in the worst times of my relapses. They haven't 
blame me. They couldn't help me. I had to help myself by reaching out. They didn't have the magic. I didn't ask them for anything but a way out. And they said, action, do this, and you'll find your way out. Thank you for letting me share. Okay, thank you so much, Christina J. Janice P.M., you're up. And thank you so much, Katie F., uh, for your service. This is uh, My name is Janice P.M., and I'm a grateful, recovered, compulsive overeater living in Massachusetts. Now, I know we say, I mean, I've been hearing it, like, oh, this is my favorite page. This is, well, I'm going to put, I have on the side of this page, this paragraph, VIP. Very important page. And it happens to be at this day, at this time in my recovery, the most important, the best paragraph that I can read. Because, you know, it's, it's telling us as, as we, we've gone through the steps and, uh, you know, God has given us the grace to have a suspension <laughs> of a death sentence uh, in recovery. A daily retreats, and they're teaching me as a sponsor, okay, and anybody new, that it's not about depending on anyone. Yes, OA is, uh, it consists of the fellowship and the steps for recovery, but the fellowship alone can't do anything. They can't give me, can't make me thin, can't give me a daily reprieve. Um, I, I simply will not stop eating compulsively so long as I have dependence upon people. And I always had dependence on people. My husband's supposed to do this. Okay, maybe I should get a different husband. Uh, uh, you know, dependent on my mother, over-dependency. And I was always over-dependent on my sponsor. Of course, I'm the one that put them on a pedestal. They didn't put themselves on a pedestal, but me, the compulsive overeater, put them on a pedestal. And I found out they're not to be put on a pedestal because the only dependence, and it says here, burn the idea. And to imagine, burn the idea. That means like, you know, when you... You do cattle, you burn them, and they're like that for permanent now. They're permanently burnt. The idea into every man that I can get well regardless, regardless of a job, regardless of the death of my husband, regardless of birth, anything in this material world, okay, regardless of anyone, the only condition, the only solution, why? Why is this the only solution? Well, first of all, I have a problem, and that's a power. The only one, and people are fallible, but my God is infallible. So the only condition is that I trust my God, who who is my higher power, and climb please. Yes, and so with that, I will pass. Thanks. Okay, thank you, Janice P.M. Rachel P., you're up, followed by Reva P. And then we'll open it up for more shares. And just to remind you, we're on page 98, the first paragraph, it is not the matter of giving, and and reading that whole paragraph. Okay, go ahead, please, Rachel P. 
Good morning, this is Rachel P, Recovered Compulsive Overeater in Pennsylvania. Um, what this paragraph really says to me is, is the phrase that I've heard in the rooms, which is that, you know, my goal as a sponsor is not to get somebody to depend on me, but to get somebody to depend on their higher power. And that just really resonates with me. Um, you know, I, I, as a sponsor, I don't want to be solving people's problems. And I, I really make a concerted effort in working with sponsees to not, um, to not just simply be listening to their, their whatever life issues that they have going on. I mean, certainly I want to be supportive and kind of build that trust and that relationship, you know, but if, if we're spending all of our calls on, you know, putting out fires, where are we going? You know, I always bring it back to the steps, bring it back to the steps, bring it back to the steps every time. And I just think that's so important in that sponsor sponsee relationship. Um, and, you know, something else I wanted to share is that, you know, when I first started working with my sponsor, you know, it very much was that I wanted to make this person happy. I wanted to be the good little girl. I want to, you know, I was a, I am a recovering perfectionist and, you know, I, I wanted to get it right. And I wanted, to, I wanted her to see that I was, that I was doing well. Um, you know, I, I did rely a lot on her, um, you know, but I, I, I found that there's this shift from compliance to surrender. Um, that, you know, I personally experienced in, in my own step work the first time around and in my own spiritual experience. And I think that was a really useful experience. You know, the, the sponsee may not know that your goal is to get them to rely on God and not on them, you know, but, but as a sponsor, that is, you know, if, if we're doing it the way that this book outlines, that is what ends up happening. And I did shift from wanting to make my sponsor see that I was the good little girl to, you know, oh my gosh, this, this is being resolved in me. And I want to do this more and more, not from a place of compliance and making someone else happy, but from a place of surrender, like I'm truly surrendering to my higher power. And that I found is really how the process works. And, you know, as a sponsor, that's, that's, that's what I try to, you know, help facilitate with people. And, um, you know, this, this chapter is, just so brilliantly outlines how we can be of service to others in in the best way, you know, with healthy boundaries and really getting somebody else to God. Thanks for listening. I'll pass. Thank you, Rachel P. Reva P., you're up. Good morning. This is Reva P., Grateful Recovered Compulsive Wow. Reva, you're really breaking up. Trying to justify how, if you had the. Is this better? Yes, that's better. Is this better? Yes. Okay. Sorry. So when I first came into program, I remember complaining that if you had this thought, you would be eating too. If you had these life circumstances, um, you'd be unpeaceful too. It's not even always about the binging. It's like if you had this circumstance, people, places, things, I thought those are the things that make me either abuse food or be unpeaceful. And I had it totally backwards. 
totally backwards. And I love these lines and I love that word nonsense. No, there's no sense in it. It doesn't work. This is about putting my dependence in the right place. And it's easy to say this and it's easy to read the lines that say I trust infinite God rather than finite self. And then what happens when things don't go my way? And we just had a vacation where things really did not go my way. Not at all. And you know what? I tried harder and they still didn't go my way. Um, and I thought that's what made me unpeaceful. But it was my salty thinking, my selfishness, demanding, you know, getting into pages 60 and 63, where if only things would work out. And how many meetings have I gone to where people share, you know, my cat died and so I lost my abstinence. My this happened. And I've had all kinds of things happen in my life that have not been so pleasant. And I didn't have to go back to the food. And I've had the opposite in, in disease where things did work out and I was binging my brains out. So this is such a great reminder that the priority is to work on my fit spiritual condition. And it, there's no static resting on my laurels there. I'm constantly having to grow now I'm doing like more major inventory on this whole thing that it brought up. Um, and that's how I grow because I say I rely on God, but then when life doesn't go my way, you know, what happens? Um, so what a great reminder. Where is my dependence? Where am I, you know, putting the stress on the wrong syllable? Um, and uh, with that, I pass. Thank you so much, Reva P. Sorry. <laughs> Got all mixed up here. Um, okay, so who else would, who hasn't shared in the last couple of days would like to share on uh, this first paragraph on page 98? Holly S. Veronica, Texas. Lisa C. Veronica. I'm sorry, who was that? Holly S. from Texas. Holly S. And there's someone else I, I keep hearing, but I'm not. Say it. Lisa C. Oh, Lisa C. Thank you. Thank you. Okay, so yes, Melissa. I have Melissa C. First, Veronica C. Holly S. And Lisa C. Who else? Pete B. Pete B. Betsy G. And Betsy G. Let's stop there. I think that might be all we have time for. Let's see. We have. Oh, I can't think right now. Uh, okay, so Melissa C., Veronica C., Halia, Lisa C., Pete B., and Betsy. I'm not sure what her initial is. Okay, go ahead, please, Melissa C., followed by Veronica C. Hi, thanks so much for your service this morning, Katie. I'm Melissa C. I'm a recovered compulsive overeater. I live in New York. And, you know, I read this, and um, it's it's really clear that um, the fulfillment of my my needs is not going to be the thing that's going to master this illness, you know, and that um, if I'm clamoring for things, you know, and, and like saying loudly, like what I need and what has to be in order and and that, you know, those things being in order are going to be the key for me being able to master this food addiction, that makes no sense because then we would never see wealthy people, you know, people who are happily married, people who have children, people who have nice homes. You'd never seen them in 12-step rooms, and that's not 
true at all. So the fulfillment of my of my needs or what I perceive as my needs cannot be um cannot be the master of this illness. They 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 have insufficient power, just like people, you know, and um and and we know like I know that giving like is my way of life now. It it's our way of life. It's what we're told that um that we that we need to be in a position of that we're we're giving rather than receiving. But we're warned here that it matters when when you give and and it matters how you give because too much giving and um it grows human dependence rather than God dependence. And um, you know, and the thing is is that um the sponsor is is a person you know i'm i'm powerless to my disease i'm certainly powerless to solving anyone else's what a sponsor should offer a fellow and you know i think according to the book and in my opinion is hope that many of our world situations can get remedied through the spiritual disciplines of this program that lead us to the connection where we find a relationship with God, that it's always going to be um, the relationship with God that's going to help people um, through life's difficulties. And so, because if having the fulfillment of my difficulties is the thing that I'm waiting for, I've got it all backwards. You know, it's 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 upside down. Um, and that in my experience, I have had tremendous difficulties and tragedies while living in a recovered state and I believe that the thing that has kept me safe and protected from returning to the food despite difficult circumstances is I rely on God. I place my reliance upon God way ahead of my reliance on people and with that I'll pass. Thanks. Thank you, Melissa C. Okay, Veronica C., you're up, followed by Holly F. Hi, Katie. Good morning. Um, Veronica C. from New York. Very thought-provoking paragraph. Um, I think my greatest asset as a finite being is my ability to love. But, you know, as a as a, a human being that needs love for myself and cultivating that self-love, um, which is my self-worth, too, I have been terribly off track. I have found that uh, I could easily give to others, and what I thought was giving from my heart, but it was often giving with a secondary gain for me, which was to seek some sort of approval to get love from somebody else. And um, in this program, what I found was that um, the power of my higher power is where I needed to be in order to find, in order to seek, in order to know what it was to really feel self-worth and to know that self-love was not about getting something in return, but it was about the acceptance of 
all that exists, right? It's like the acceptance of the fact that there is a higher power here for me as well as others. And the ability to work with others in a way that um, it wasn't self-deprecating to myself. So this has been a whole different way of thinking for me to not seek to get something in return. And um, that requires a little bit of a, of a different ego functioning, a healthier one. I'm not talking about a narcissistic uh, narcissistic ego functioning. I'm talking about um, the basic functioning where I am getting certain psychological and physical and spiritual needs met. And at the same time, I'm not losing myself, but I'm able to give and expand myself through the recognition of that power of love that I receive through something greater than me. Uh, this Signed, please. Of, yes. And so with that, I pass. Thank you. Thank you so much, Veronica. Okay, Holly S., yes, you're up. Followed by Hi, thank you. Thank you so much for your service. Good morning. Uh, my name is Holly S., and I'm from Texas. Uh, very grateful to be in the recovering process. Um, I came to Vision for You, and you guys were just about to celebrate your second year and I may have shared but uh, wow we just celebrated 11 years and I think I lost a decade to this disease Um, maybe some intermittent um, times of uh, um, I wouldn't call it recovery but uh, just um, you know maybe some sort of brief reprieve but this paragraph really speaks to me from um, a recovering standpoint uh it brought to mind a, a sponsor that I had who is gratefully listening this morning, but several, several years ago, um, lovingly pointed out that, you know, I was either in a uh, demanding or depending state, but it, it wasn't really on God. I was demanding from my, from my family, demanding from um, my fellows, my, just anyone in my life, I was demanding something from them to, uh, to satiate whatever problem was going on inside of me. And I'm learning that this really is a spiritual malady. And uh, and just for today, one day at a time, I'm just going to uh, humbly ask my higher power to uh, show me what it is I need to um, do today, how I can be, how I can be um, more active in my participate in my own recovery there's some action steps to take and uh and and so grateful so grateful that uh, this meeting is here it's still here and uh, and growing um and and with that i pass thank you all very much thank you so much holly okay lisa c you're up followed by pete b hi good morning thank you so much my name is lisa c i'm a recovered compulsive overeater from new jersey um you know, I just, uh, this is, to me, this is where it's at. Um, you know, I don't want to be in this disease anymore at all. And so that means I don't want to be dependent on anything or anyone because it's been my experience that anything and anyone can be taken from me except for God. And this is how my ancestors, you know, for example, endured tremendous obstacles uh, because anything and anyone has been taken from Many people in my 
life, many people in my family line, and many people throughout history, um, even specific groups as we know, right? So how have we endured? How have people endured under the most uh, insane obstacles? Well, my belief is that it's because they were able to tune into this power. Um, and this makes me think, this paragraph really makes me think a little bit about power dynamics in the human realm. I don't believe there are power dynamics in the godly realm. But in the human realm, um, you know, there are some critical questions I have to ask so that I can be sponsored in a godly way and so that I can sponsor others in a godly way. And some of these critical questions are, what would a sick man not want me to know? What would this disease not want me to know? Um, the secret is that dependence on anything or anyone is part of my disease for me. And I have a duty not to overpower anyone, not to wield dominance in any way, um, because to me, that is me acting in love and tolerance, which is what God wants for me. And others may feel differently. We all do need each other as people, but dependence is different um, than, and when I say need, I guess that's, you know, these words can get dicey, but I think, um, you know, dependence is something else. Uh, and I spent most of my marriage completely dependent on my husband. And now that that has shifted to God, everything is different. Um, so I, I just like to really think about putting someone in direct and constant contact with their higher power. Um, you know, um, something that has shifted in many religions is that we don't need intermediaries, right? Um, you know, there were beliefs for a long time about needing to go to a certain place or talk to a certain holy person. These are not things that this program talks about. This program talks about a direct and constant relationship with God, which will give all the power that any of us need in any given moment. Um, it is available without ceasing. And so that is why, um, you know, I think everyone needs to hear that message. I know I need to hear that message daily um, because I cannot function without God and God never, ever, ever drops me. So my full, wholehearted dependence on God has been the most relieving um, and most um, miraculous outcome of working the 12 steps. And I wish that for everyone that they can feel that relief that no one, comes before their high power, whatever that may be. Um, and God bless you all. Thank you so much. I pass. Thank you, Lisa C. Okay, Pete B., you're up. And then we have Betsy. So hopefully we'll have time for both of you. We have five minutes, four minutes. Okay. Go ahead, Pete. Thank you, Katie. My name is Pete B. I'm a compulsive overeater, and I'm recovered today by God's grace and mercy in Pennsylvania. Thanks so much for taking the meeting. You're doing really, like, such a great job with your service. And uh you know, I, I usually I think you know in recovery when when we approach a person, you know, there's usually two major objections. Uh, the one objection is they've got to get alcoholic foods entirely, 100%, in order to be free of the phenomenon of craving. And the second objection usually has something to do with a higher power or dependence on God. You know, and, and, and as loving, caring, considerate, inclusive members of the fellowship, we tend to want to soften the blow of this significant statement. We simply do not stop drinking so long as we place dependence upon other people ahead of dependence on God. And 
you know, the news is, like, we, we, as I said earlier, are other people. My sponsor is other people. If we have any hope of actually arriving at this recovered state that's so eloquently described by our fellows, our recovered fellows, our dependence has not, you know, we want to rush in and say, yeah, but it's like this. Kind of with you know, spoon feed it with a baby spoon. No, we have to deliver first the message of hopelessness. The fact that if you have this condition as described in this book, that only a spiritual experience will conquer it. And I don't know how you have a spiritual experience without a dependence or reliance or even a willingness to become dependent upon a higher power on God. Now, we'll frequently hear people say, it's a we, it's family, it's a we program. You know, we do this together, and if we're together, we'll get through this. And I, I, I hate to tell you, our book, I, the, the book mentions God 142 times. It mentions spiritual 124 times, and power 77 times. That's not even including all the other places in our other literature where it mentions Right? So we need to place the focus, one, on the hopelessness of the condition, and then the only place where hope resides, if you are, in fact, a, a, a compulsive overeater of the hopeless variety. You know, there's no, there's no, it's not loving and kind to soften that message. It actually deprives the sick and suffering of the or actually provides them with more sick and suffering if they fail to embrace the, the aspect of this condition and the aspect of, of this recovery, I, I apologize. And the aspect is we have to have a spiritual experience in order to, re, to conquer it. And with that, I'll pass. Thanks, Katie. Thank you, Pete. Okay, so Betsy, we have one minute. Do you want to take that one minute? Hi, Katie, can you hear me? I can. Oh, fabulous. Good morning, everybody. This is Betsy G. Recovered in Maryland. I love, love, love this meeting, and I love this paragraph. So I must be completely reliant upon God. (laughs) I needed someone to walk me through the process, the steps, to make that happen. I needed... um, I needed to to hear all of the um, recovered voices on this line um, to make that happen. Um, It's difficult to put into words the exact hows of turning my will over to God so that I can be completely reliant. Because I do it in like a thousand small decisions moment by moment. And I strive daily to be more and more effective in demonstrating that God dependence regardless of my circumstances. Thanks for letting me share. Have a great day. Bye. Great job. Thank you for taking just one minute. Okay. Um, And thank you to everyone who shared. Please join us for a second unrecorded hour of study immediately following the closing. And the share ID for today, Thursday, August 3rd, 7 a.m. meeting is 20,502. That's 20502. We will now close with the reading from the big book on page 164, followed by the serenity prayer. Will Nancy P. please read A Vision for You? Our book is meant to be suggestive only.
Sorry about that. Our book is meant to be suggestive only. We realize we know only a little. God will constantly disclose more to you and to us. Ask him in your morning meditation what you can do each day for the man who is still sick. The answers will come if your own house is in order. But obviously, you cannot transmit something you haven't got. See to it that your relationship with him is right, and great events will come to pass for you and countless others. This is the great fact for us. Abandon yourself to God as you understand God. Admit your faults to him and to your fellows. Bear away the wreckage of your past. Give freely of what you find and join us. We shall be with you in the fellowship of the Spirit, and you will surely meet some of us as you trudge the road of happy destiny. May God bless you and keep you until then.